Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Augusta University President Brooks Keel was recently back here in Savannah, his old stomping grounds from his days leading Georgia Southern University. He still has an intense interest in our area, particularly as it pertains to his school producing physicians who want to serve rural communities, like so many of those beyond the Savannah metro sphere. Keel is our guest on this edition of the Key Podcast. Good day, Savannah, from all of us here at savannahnow.com. This is the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. I am your host, Adam Van Brimmer, opinion columnist and a deputy editor of Savannah Morning News. On this edition of the Commute, Dr. Brooks Keel sits down to talk up his university's programs, specifically the health sciences and cybersecurity. Keel also provides interesting insights on the future of major college athletics and the NCAA as a whole. Keel is the president of Augusta University and the Medical College of Georgia, institutions formerly known as Augusta State and Georgia Regents University. Before I queue up President Keel, a word about our sponsor, National Office Systems. National Office Systems has been the commute's benefactor since the podcast started, and they've been in business since the 1980s. In those early days, National Office Systems was the last office outfitter in the country to carry office furniture from both of the industry's leaders, Herman Miller and Mullen. Now, a couple of decades later, those furniture companies are collaborating in a new product line, and National Office Systems is one of the first to offer Miller Knoll furniture. In addition to Miller Knoll, National Office Systems remains the leaders in the office design and outfitting sector, offering dirt modular interiors, OFS furniture, and 200 other product lines. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Now, here's the interview with Augusta University President Brooks Keel. We're on to commute by Brooks Keel, who's the president at Augusta University, and we always enjoy having him around because, quite frankly, he was at Georgia Southern for a long time, and, and he's a familiar face. He was at Georgia Southern at a, a vital time for Georgia Southern at that time, a tremendous growth, and uh, obviously he's very well known here in Savannah, so we're glad he could come and join us and tell us a little bit about Augusta University and the Medical College of Georgia. I believe that's the, at least settled on those names for now. Well, yeah, yes. Let, let me be very, very <laughs> plain about that. We are done changing names. Uh, I, I can assure you that. Um, you know, that, that was a that was a hard time in our history, no doubt. Uh, just having come off a of consolidation, coupled mm-hmm. with name changes, and but you know, it's it's really it's funny. I mean, I I knew that uh, that name meant a lot to a lot of people in, in Augusta. I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of an obvious statement. But it really didn't dawn on me till a year or so later after we finally changed the name, how visceral it was and how much it impacted just, you know, everyday folks. And I, I still get stopped in the grocery store um, or, or at Home Depot or something mm-hmm. like that when I'm out. People stop me and just say, and just say thank you for changing the name. I mean, it's, it's that uh, important of a deal. But uh, it's been a huge opportunity for us to completely rebrand the university and, and get folks around 
this brand, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, you know, it feels like a real university now, from mm-hmm. especially from the undergraduate point of view. So it's yeah. been huge for us. Yeah. When you think of Augusta University, you think of two programs in particular. One is medicine because of the ties to yeah. um, the Medical College of Georgia, and also cyber. That right. Augusta has become a if not the cyber capital of the U.S., at least the cyber capital of the Southeast, as uh, you know, Fort Gordon, correct? Exactly. Butcher Absolutely. that. Yeah, the federal government's made incredible investments at Fort Gordon yeah. in terms of of waging uh, uh, cyber war, uh, cyber defenses, and that kind of thing. And Augusta College is is key in that uh, realm. But let's start with the medicine. And I know that something that's mm-hmm. we talked. I think the last time you're here, we talked about this, and that right. was the whole idea of trying to get more medical doctors within the state, especially to serve our rural areas, because most people know that Georgia ranks pretty low in terms of medical care. Can you kind of talk about what's going on? Yes, I, I'm, I'm delighted to you. Georgia does rank pretty low. I had an opportunity to be at uh, his Rotary Club yesterday, and, and I made the comment that, you know, Georgia is a sick state. Uh, and I, I said that, I said, well, you know, please don't, I'm not disrespecting the state I love dearly, but we are a sick state. We're ranked 40th in the country. Uh, in terms of just about every health metric you can think of. Uh, I saw recently we ranked 50th uh, uh, out of 51 when you consider Washington, D.C. as part of that mix uh, in, in senior health care. The mm. only state that's worse than us is Oklahoma. Uh, and you have to say, why is that the case? Well, you know, there are a lot of reasons, but primarily, um, you, you know, there are two Georgias, and we know that. There's Atlanta and there's the rest of Georgia. And the rest of Georgia is, is very rural and very underserved. And when you say underserved, what do you mean by that? Well, there are a lot of reasons for that, but primarily it has to do with the fact that we have a lot of counties that just don't have uh, enough physicians. And there are eight counties in the state of Georgia that have no physicians whatsoever. Primary care specialists, nothing. Nothing, zero. Mm-hmm. And then as you start going up from primary care all the way up to general surgery, and I think in general surgery, there are well, almost 80 counties without a surgeon. So that, that makes it really difficult. And Georgia is a big state. I mean, if you really want to know how big Georgia is, mm-hmm. you start up in, in Chickamauga and drive all the way down to Valdosta and you figure out that this is a big state. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have we just don't have enough physicians. We're like 39th, I think, in the country in terms of physicians per capita. So we got a lot of work to do. Uh, and uh, as the state's only public medical school, which is what the Medical College of Georgia is, uh, and the state's only public academic medical center, we have an obligation uh, to help state do what we can to train the next generation of physicians and other healthcare providers, of course, mm. uh, to, to meet that need. Mm. Now, so, so why aren't physicians going to rural industry Georgia? A lot mm. of reasons for that, too. But, but primarily, uh, the average uh, medical student, when he or she graduates from MCG, has a debt of about $150,000. And that's a big debt to take on, uh, especially when you're starting a career. Uh, and it's really hard for those physicians to be able to practice in the area. Now, it's going to take quite a while to, to generate the, the, the income they need to pay off that debt. So we began to, to, to figure out some way of how, how can we address this and really incentivize students when they graduate to practice in those areas. So we started something we're calling MCG 3+. Plus. And, and the primary basis of this is to reduce medical school from four years to three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that already eliminates uh, the amount of time that a, a young person has to spend going through medical school. Uh, and in that fourth year, there's a number of pathways students can take. They can go on a research pathway if they want to be sort of an academic 
physician. They can go into they get another degree, maybe an MBA. If they want to get into the management of healthcare. They can do uh, an internship or, or sort of a more specialty training if they want to go into one of the, uh, the uh, high-demand specialty dermatology, neurology, orthopedics, et cetera. Or if they will commit to a primary care pathway and then do a primary care residency in the state of Georgia and then commit to practice in the state for three years, we'll give you free tuition. Hmm. Uh, it, it's $150,000. Yeah, yeah it's a very novel right. concept. Uh, th- there are a lot of other three-year programs in the state, right. uh, but they're called accelerated programs in, in the country, rather. But none of this magnitude and none really tied to tuition-free to put you in rural and underserved Georgia. So we've been uh, out raising money. We've gotten mm-hmm. a couple of major gifts, one from Peak State Healthcare, uh, Centene in the state, gave us $5.3 million. That was matched by 5.3 million uh, in, of the state about a year ago. That allowed us to start the first cohort of students in this area. We have eight and uh, that have chosen this this pathway. They're in there, almost finishing up their second, third year now. We get ready to, to enroll a new cohort uh, uh, this next year. Uh, we got another 8.3 million from the Medical College of Georgia Foundation. It was matched by the state. So we could establish an endowment now. Okay. We could really begin to start spinning off the resources to provide this tuition. When you say rural, you're in Augusta. I know you drive 20 minutes outside of Augusta. It's very rural. It's, it's the same here, maybe less so in recent years, but so there's a, there's a, there's a hospital in Effingham County in Springfield. Is that rural or are we talking states for a rural well it, you know there is a definition <clears throat> of rural georgia and that's a county with a population of, of fifty thousand or less okay uh, that's sort of the, the benchmark that, mm-hmm. that, that we would use but you're right i mean you may have uh, a county like uh, like bullock mm-hmm. uh, that it has states where i think its population is more like seventy thousand. right so that would not be considered uh, a rural county, right. but you don't have, you all you have to just cross the county line That's and right. you're instantly in a rural yeah. county. Right. You're in Scraven or, or yeah. Evans or wherever. Yeah, exactly. So the, the East Georgia regional medical center there mm-hmm. where one of these physicians through this pathway wouldn't practice in that particular, uh, would set up a practice in Statesboro. They might very well set up a practice in neighboring County, mm-hmm. but if, if those patients needed to have surgery or needed hospitalization, they'd be referred to East Georgia. So it's, it's going to help. I think a lot of our rural uh, and uh, uh, hospitals mm-hmm. that are desperately in need of more patients, be able to help us fund those patients there by having practicing physicians in the neighboring counties. Right. I was up there in March and in the health sciences campuses, it's it's very modern. It's very uh, attractive. Can you kind of talk about what the the campus experience is like for on the medical side? No, I said, I'm really glad you asked that question. I, I almost, I, it almost seems like I, I primed you for that. I didn't, but I'm glad you asked it. <laughs> yeah, I, we, the, the consolidation allowed us to do all sorts of things um, with the, what we call the Somerville campus, which is the old Augusta College when I was there, Augusta State University, mm-hmm. and the Health Sciences campus, which is where the hospital is. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have always been finding ways to try to bridge those two campuses together in very creative ways. We uh, opened two new dorms about four years ago now that's on the health sciences campus, and it's mm-hmm. primarily undergraduate students. Mm-hmm. So they, they live there now. Um, we moved the College of Science and Mathematics 
from the Somerville campus into a brand new building that opened just a year ago, right on the health sciences campus. It's right in, in the middle of the Dental College of Georgia and the Medical College of Georgia. On one side, on the other side, it's our interdisciplinary research building and then a hospital. So it puts those young undergraduate students, primarily in the sciences, right in the middle of the white coats. Mm-hmm. So they, they see literally when they walk back and forth to class in the dining hall and the dorms, they see medical students and dental students. They see what, what they aspire to become. Uh, and we're beginning to develop programs where we can interculate those undergraduate students into the research lab, into the clinical experience. Let them really get a chance as a freshman or a sophomore to see what it's like to be a medical school, a, a student, a dental student, or to go into basic research or any of the other allied health areas. So it's, it, it has transformed the health sciences campus. And I got, you know, there was a lot of uh, folks that were not very comfortable about, about that. And a lot of faculty saying, I don't know if I want to see this, all this growth and all these undergraduate students walking about and all this. It took about two weeks after mm-hmm. the first semester we had this. And, and for those same faculty to come back and say, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting to see those young people walking around uh, the campus, uh, going to the library, going to the rec center, right down there on the health sciences campus. So it has truly, really transformed that entire campus. Because I took the tour, I learned about, and I'm, I can't remember six or seven years, but you could go soup to nuts. You could go from entering as an undergrad to walking out of there as a medical doctor in a relatively brief period of time. Can you fill me in and re- refresh my memory on what that sure, is? Sure, absolutely. And, and there are two ways that can happen. We have, uh, of course, we have the, now the three plus program. So any medical student that comes into MCG can get their medical degree within three years, especially if they want to go into primary care. So we've already, so we've reduced that on the undergraduate side of things, whether you go in to a, a traditional four-year program, which a lot of our students do, we also have an accelerated program uh, called the BS to MD program. It's a limited mm-hmm. cohort. Mm-hmm. It's about 25 to 30 students this every is, year. Yeah, this is it. And, yeah. and these are, are very competitive as you would imagine. Um, but we enroll uh, students as a freshman into this cohort. And if they maintain their G- a, a minimum GPA that we have and they score well on the MedCat, they can go uh, from undergraduate in three years straight into medical school. Mm-hmm. And then their, four, <clears throat> their first year of medical school, fourth year of undergraduate school are kind of combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they finish their first year of medical school, they basically qualify for the bachelor's degree and then two more years there to go in the clinical aspects of it. And they graduate, could graduate six years with a, with a, with a uh, MD degree from freshman of college all the way to an MD. Wow. And in residency and it really shortens the time of, especially if it go, go into a specialty where it can be 10 or 12 years. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. Right. Shortens it up. Cyber. Uh, this is something that I think most people, uh, if you had been here five years ago, we'd have been sitting here scratching our heads and you, you have to fill us in. But I think everybody now recognizes some of the the attacks we've seen uh, on our country and other countries from without and and I'm sure from from within to a certain extent as well with hackers. What has been the uh, the kind of arc or maybe it's not arcing yet. What's been the growth of of that program? How viable is it? No, it, it, that is clearly um, an incredibly exciting program for us and for the state of Georgia. A couple aspects of that you're exactly right. Uh, the issue of hacking and, and phishing, we, we've seen a tremendous ramp up 
uh, in that and the just the, the attacks of trying to get people's credentials so they can get into your bank account or they can crash the system is all kind of reasons for this, as you know. Um, so to, to focus on cybersecurity is going to be a really big deal just from the pure business point of view, small and large business. But for Augusta, especially Augusta, now we had the benefit of geography, and that benefit was because of Fort Gordon. Mm -hmm. Augusta's always had a, a wonderful relationship with Fort Gordon, not unlike what you see here in Savannah and Fort Stewart and Hunter. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very military-friendly place, very proud of that relationship. And so that's always been there, going mm -hmm. back to decades. Mm -hmm. But the Army, in 2013, made the decision to move the Cyber Command from Northeast United States to Fort Gordon. Uh, and, and in conjunction with uh, NSA Georgia, that's been there as well. And we knew that when the Army made that decision, there was going to be what we call a cyber tsunami that was going to hit Augusta. Mm -hmm. And if we weren't prepared for it, the big we, the university, the city, the community, et cetera, if we weren't prepared for that, it truly was going to wash on by us and, and, mm -hmm. and go somewhere else. So we began to, to plan as a university, what can we do? Uh, to really uh, take advantage of not just the military aspects of Fort Gordon, but all of the military contractors that will be moving to Augusta right. or looking to move to Augusta just uh, in support of that mission. So uh, we started um, about 2016, I believe it was, to uh, talking with the governor deal at the time about the need for this. And he made a hundred million dollar investment. He and the legend and the general assembly made a hundred million dollar investment in cybersecurity to construct two buildings. It's the large single largest investment of a state in cybersecurity in the country still mm -hmm. to this day. Mm -hmm. The result of that within two years from the birth of the idea, having a conversation to opening the doors, we spent a hundred million dollars on two buildings, 320,000 square feet doors are open. Uh, and we created uh, what we're calling an ecosystem and it's a very, very intentional. It's a place where uh, business and industry, government, and academia can be all in one location, co-located in one campus in one building. The concept here is a student can walk out of the classroom, walk across the hall to do an internship with, uh, with either, either with the government or with a the company. They're going to be uh, making six figures uh, as a graduating senior. Hmm. Uh, and this ecosystem has been has just taken off. We are the two buildings are now full. We're beginning to get thought to what a third building might look like. The, uh, our school of com of computing and cyber sciences is only about three four years old now. Enrollment has doubled uh, in that discipline. We we've, we've added new degrees. You can go from a bachelor's of computer science or information technology all the way to a PhD in computer science and cybersecurity. Uh, and you can get an internship with a Fortune 500 company located right in that building. Uh, and it has been incredibly successful, not only in support of the mission of Fort Gordon, but also in training the cybersecurity experts for the future. It's been estimated that there are 500,000 cybersecurity jobs open in the United States today. Wow. 22,000 of those are in Georgia alone. I mean, I, I'm telling folks, you got a son or daughter or a grandson or granddaughter or a niece or nephew in high school, and they're trying to make a decision what they want to do, and they got a real love for mathematics especially. They need to get in cybersecurity. It is just taking off. Pardon the interruption here. I promise you we'll get back to Dr. Keel in a moment. In the meantime, allow me to squeeze in a public service announcement regarding the Savannah Morning News. I know a lot of readers out there consume our news content in the print edition. Thank you for that. We love you for it. 
keep doing it. We'd also like to encourage you to take a moment, go to your computer or cell phone, and join our communities there online. At savannahnow.com, you can activate the digital side of your subscription by logging in through the link at the top right-hand corner of the homepage. And on mobile, you can download our app, log in, and have access, including notifications if you'd like, to all of our content. Again, access to those platforms are included in your print subscription price. Take advantage today. Now, back to the discussion with Keel. I'm guessing the uh, employment rate within a couple of weeks of graduating is probably pretty high. Incredibly high. Yeah, yeah. Uh, incredibly high. If, if, if one of our graduates doesn't graduate and, and already have a job lined up, there are personal reasons for wanting to postpone that for some other decision. Right. Uh, but the, the jobs are there uh, and they're incredibly well-paying. Yeah. I can't have you out in here without talking about sports because my first uh, interaction with you was when I was on the sports side and you were at Georgia Southern and yeah. Uh, let's start with Augusta U because you guys have something to talk about. I think the basketball team made the national championship game. Right? Sure did. I, you know, I tell you, we're so incredibly proud of uh, Coach Beatrice and and our men's basketball team. And you know, they were undefeated at home this past season. Uh, went all the way to the to the final game of the NCAA Division II national championship, uh, and and got beat out by a really great team. And uh, and although it, obviously it was it was disappointing. Uh, and our players are disappointed. Certainly, uh, we are so just so incredibly proud of what they were able to accomplish. Now, the, you know the the good news is, I'm told that the the majority of that starting team is going to be back next year. Uh oh. So the big star is not though, right? I did hear he's. he's that's he's, that's you're still hoping uh, that we'll be able to hang on to him. But, oh, okay. You know, the, the transfer portal is one of those. <laughs> yeah, you know, we could spend a whole hour talking about <laughs> about the benefits of that. It's great for the student athletes. I certainly appreciate that. But right. yeah, when when you start getting stars out there, especially in Division Two, they get swept up from right. a Division One team. And uh, you know, we of course you want to support all our kids and wherever they want to go, but. Selfishly, I don't want them to stay. So, because we can, we we ought to be able to get a ring next year. We we really ought to be able to do that. I, you never want to predict uh, what a season is going to be like at a college president. It jinxes right. the team. Jinxes the team. I can distinctly remember when I was at Georgia Southern, uh, and I got interviewed as I was early there. We were playing Warford the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked me uh, what I thought about the game. I said, "Oh, we, it's easy. We're going to beat Warford. It's going to be a great game." You know. We got the heck kicked out of us that next day. So it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't because of what I said, but uh, I sure felt bad about it. So I'm very cautious about that. But uh, no, great, great team. Um, we, of course, we had Division One men's and women's golf, mm-hmm. uh, national championship golf, mm-hmm. men's golf in 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, rich tradition, history uh, there. Mm-hmm. You expect Augusta to have a pretty good golf program. And right. We do, so, right. No, great, great, great uh, opportunity for for athletics on our campus too. Don't have football. We're never yeah. going to have football, uh, but uh, we, we make up for it. You mentioned Division One, and I think you can bring a unique perspective because you're not the president of Division One school, so you're kind of on the outside looking in, but you have all the knowledge and the expertise to talk yeah. about it. When you look at what's happening at that top level today, and mm. and what may shake out and i'm not just talking about that you mentioned transfer portal obviously name image and likeness right now we're seeing this tremendous shift in terms of conferences and people say well that doesn't impact a school like georgia southern it does you bet it does it does for those i'm going to use the term mid-majors yep with what's happening elsewhere within the same division what do you 
what concerns you most for those mid-major schools? Well, they, I mean, the, the future of the NCAA, I think, is uh, is not certain. Uh, you know, they're, they're in the process of recruiting a new president, as I'm sure you know, because um, I'm sure he or she will have a, a significant impact on what that looks like. But when you get some of the large, the, the Power Five conferences, mm-hmm. start talking about uh, separating themselves out, creating their own structure, and not needing the NCAA, which is what's being discussed, you know, that's all great for the SEC and ACC and the large programs and, and the University of Georgia's and the Georgia Tech's are world. It's fantastic. But it is those mid-major teams that you're going to be looking around and say, what, what the heck's going on? You know, mm-hmm. what are we going to now do? Mm-hmm. That's scary enough. But if you think about the NCAA, they don't – the NCAA doesn't make its money off of football. Mm-hmm. Basketball uh, tournament. Yes, exactly right. It's the NCAA men's and women's basketball team. That's how they make their money. Uh, and that money is then is distributed to those programs that do well in that particular tournament. Uh, now we're hearing rumors that the Power Fives are thinking, well, we just won't move football. We'll move all of our sports or certainly we'll move basketball out. Mm-hmm. Now that would decimate – and I'm being a little dramatic, but not too much. Mm-hmm. That would decimate the NCAA. Will have a significant impact uh, on schools like Georgia Southern mm-hmm. uh, and, and and those mid-major schools that are every bit as Division One as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, just don't have that um, uh, TV contract mm-hmm. that some of the Power Fives do. You were at Southern when they played at a, a lower level, at least in terms of football. So you know that you can succeed and thrive. I mean, quite frankly, sports is the front porch of the university, right? You're using as much as anything else to market yourselves and attract, Mm -hmm. attract students that can continue, right? Or does there need to be a little bit of reinvention if you end up being a lack of a better word, a second tier university in terms of sports? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And uh, I'm sure that um, my good friend Camarero is, is, is losing sleep over that even as we speak. Uh, um, and all the other presidents of uh, universities like Georgia Southern is what that's going to look like. It, it, I mean, the short answer is yes. Uh, it, it still is the front porch of universe. I mean, t- for that matter, you know, we, we're going to Augusta University are really ramping up uh, our interest in promoting men's basketball mm-hmm. as we should have been doing all along. It, but it's just different. Um, whether it's right or wrong, it's different when those teams are successful people like to invest in success. They just do. Um, so I, the, George Silver always, and it, and his fellow teams will always have an opportunity to showcase the university through the front porch concept of athletics. It's hugely important. Uh, yes, it's all about academics. We certainly know that, but there's so much, so much importance on the campus, the student life, the activities, what we call engagement as to whether or not you can recruit students on the one hand, but more importantly, whether you can keep them there and graduate them on, on the other hand. It's about uh, this retention piece. Uh, there's a visceral feeling that students feel when they walk on the campus and they say, this is home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of things to go into that. Uh, I've always said, I, as a university president, my job is not just to provide a classroom education. There's a heck of a lot of education that goes on outside of the classroom universities, whether it's a football game or a basketball game or a student club or, or a summer experience in Europe. Mm-hmm. Those things matter. It's the social 
uh, maturity uh, and uh, um, and advancement of our students is equally as important as the mental uh, and the psychological. So it, it's hugely important. So yeah, I think universities like Georgia Southern are going to really have to to sort of think differently. Um, I don't think we've ever uh, taken advantage of the pool that football has and the attraction it has. But well, I think uh, the university going to look at it very differently now if the power fives do move off. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned the, the, the campus life and that in, in the, the students I know in town or the, or the graduates of Augusta university I know in town rave about the experience up there. So you guys are doing, certainly doing something right up there. And I always good to have you here. I look forward to, I think COVID meant I hadn't seen you in a couple of years. Yeah. So we'll, hopefully we'll see you. Uh, next year when you make the rounds again i hope so too we've uh we're here in savannah i'm here all week so we're here in savannah all, right. all week having a great time reconnecting with alums and folks uh, good friends like you and appreciate the opportunity to be here and look forward to being back anytime all right thank you very much thank you too that's all for the commute podcast thanks one last time to our presenting sponsor national office systems before i sign off remember that we publish new commute episodes every tuesday and thursday Whatever your interests, you will find interviews of interest in our archives. Search The Commute with that Savannah Opinion on your favorite podcast app. The Commute returns in the coming days. We look forward to talking to you then. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.